All right. Well, um, it's been a long time since there was a podcast um, episode, but that's all right. Now it's back. And returning to the show, I don't know. I never write these intros. Can you tell? Um, <laughs> returning to the show, um, the uh, Shelby Lentz. Um, she's got a lot of stuff going on. Everything from singer-songwriter, author, podcaster, um, nonprofit founder, all sorts of other stuff, dog mother, uh, just all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Um, it's ridiculous that you have any time to be here with us. So thank you very much for taking the time. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for making this work. Right. All right. So the last time I looked it up, the last time that you and I were on a podcast together was September 25th, 2019. Oh, I thought it was 18. I was close. Okay. Ah, that's all right. I had to that's look it up. Years, though. Yeah. I mean, pandemic years don't count, but still that's been a while yeah okay <laughs> let's start here like what's been what's been going on like what's I know a lot's happened oh wow yeah I'm trying to dial back and think what happened since 2019 outside of you know the c word we don't want to talk about anymore sure. um, <laughs> or the p word right. um yeah well after 2019 as you said I'm god I'm a little too busy at times but it keeps me sane at the same time okay especially, you know, having a gene positive diagnosis. I think if I was stagnant in like my daily activities, I would think about it more than I already do. Mm -hmm. So even though it's insanity, it's kind of like healthy in a way if that makes any sense. No, I get that. I <laughs> um, but yeah, so I we're almost in year five in the nonprofit as of next year, which is really crazy. We're actually having our fifth annual benefit concert already this fall which is also a blur I just got done competing at Miss Michigan for the last time in June um so I kind of took the summer to just like relax and not think about anything because I knew it would start to get crazy come fall but then a lot of music and writing and recording and not just like you said not just the music I'm also um writing another book with I think it's like 20 other HD it's called the HD heroes book um so each HD hero that has been nominated or selected to write a chapter gets I think it's like 2,000 words but I'm trying to finalize that right now which is a whole nother project in itself but yeah never a dull day but um I'm very just very grateful for everything and everyone and that you guys are having me all right. Well, um, yeah, because I think the last time it was in September of 19. So right around the time that your sister of your, you know, right before I think your sister had passed. Um, and which, and which brings me to the book that you wrote, the first book, uh, Brave Brianna. Brave Brianna. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yes, I would love to. Uh, Brave Brianna. Wow. That started off as kind of like almost a joke. <laughs> I, I told my mom that, um, yeah, Brianna almost started off as a joke just because um, we were in a board meeting and it got brought up and I have very high imposter syndrome. It's very strange because I have imposter syndrome, but at the same time, that's from me. But if someone else thinks I can't do something then I really want to like prove them wrong, it's very weird. So my uh, board of directors had brought up the idea of writing a children's book uh, focused around, you know, JHD and Brianna and just the lessons that she left, which was, you know, finding joy and purpose in life, even when it's difficult. And then also just educating people on juvenile Huntington's specifically, because 
Unfortunately, as a lot of us know in the Huntington's community, JHD kind of gets left behind at times. And it was actually based off of a post a mother put in one of the private HD Facebook groups where she was asking about, is there a juvenile Huntington's book that I can, I think it was her kid, she wanted her kid to look at it or something. And my mom, she's on my board of directors, so she brought that to the board and we all started talking. Um, so I started putting that into initiation probably like February of last year, so like 2021. And then it was compiling the story and pushing it out to editors, which is what I'm doing now with the HD hero story, because you don't just like vomit out something beautiful the first time, even with songwriting. <laughs> so um, it went through the rounds of editing. And then the hardest part was finding someone to do the illustrations that I thought would truly do her justice. Uh, and the woman I found, I literally could not have found anyone more fantastic. I gave her pictures. I told her exactly how we had, you know, pictured her after she left and before then. And she captured all of that. Uh, it was really beautiful. And I actually sent her business from many of my other friends who have written children's books since then because she just did an impeccable job. Once that was all finalized, then it was, you know, trying to figure out how, when, where we were going to release it. And we are only using Amazon at this point in time, just because being a small little nonprofit where I run a lot of the ins and outs, <laughs> um, having to ship things on my own in between work and music and singing, it's not really ideal. I tried to do that with merchandise for a while and that didn't work either. So both our merchandise and the Brave Brianna books are print on demand. So with Amazon, um, merchandise is through another company, but with the book, Amazon will print it as it is purchased. So someone purchases Brave Brianna, they'll print it and they'll ship it. And that was the best way for us to keep our sanity. And because it was a blessing in disguise, but we ended up selling over 300 copies in a, this past whole first year of Brave Brianna. And it's in three languages. So you've got English, German, and Dutch. And then we've got some more hopefully in the works. So it's kind of been a whirlwind to be honest that this many people have Brave Brianna in their hands. Yeah, and I was looking through it earlier, like online and stuff. The you're right, the animation, the art is gorgeous. I was like, yes. I was gonna ask you who did that. So good. <laughs> right. I found her on Fiverr of all places. You can find right. literally anyone on there. <laughs> Very nice. All right. I'm gonna let Sprout ask some questions now about stuff. Because you never talk on the podcast. It's always just me. Well, <laughs> You're extroverted, Paul. Which is more about me than I'm really not. That's the worst. No, he's not. I'm more extroverted than he is. <laughs> I love it. Well, you've been through an awful lot, Shelby. And so I'm just curious about um a little bit more about the charity and how that's going and how has that changed in the last few years? Oh my gosh. Well, if you ask Shelby right now with like eight weeks before our big benefit concert <laughs> that's that's a different version of Shelby than when it's January and it's over and I'm like wow that wasn't so bad I can do that again next year um but like I said it keeps me going um I got my positive diagnosis in 2017 which so hard to believe that was five years ago um my anniversary was at, it's in May which is H2 awareness month ironically 
So I got my diagnosis, moved back home from Nashville because I didn't know how to process it. And then because Huntington's is cruel and unusual, I was also trying to, you know, fathom all of my family, including my sister, uh, specifically who were going through their own diagnoses. Um, and for her, she was already deteriorating. So I moved back home and I actually, our vice president, he um, owns a bar up here in South Haven, Michigan, right by the lake. It's beautiful. And I played there all the time in high school and then college. And so when I moved back home after that, I started just being very vocal about it because I said I wanted to get diagnosed because either I rip off a Band-Aid and my OCD brain, I have terrible OCD. Um, so I fixate on everything. So for me, I tell people it was way better for me to get diagnosed because I would have fixated on it whether I had it or not, unless if I knew. So ripping the bandaid off, um, I just started talking about it and I would play my song champion, which I wrote about Mr. Rocky Balboa, um, still trying to find a way to meet Sylvester Stallone. I'm getting a little anxious. I made my mom laugh the other day because I was like, listen, I love the man. He's in good shape, but my man's getting a little old here and I don't want anything to happen to Sylvester Stallone before I can meet him. Like, I think like four years ago, there was a joke on Twitter. I don't know why that was a thing, but they used to be like, oh, so-and-so died, so-and-so died. And there was a trend that Sylvester had died and my heart just like sank into my stomach. It was false. But um, anyway, so I had my song champion and I came home and I didn't even know really about Huntington's by the time I had initially written this. It was right after I wrote this that we started finding out about everything. So I took my song and my um, awareness that I was raising and combined the two. And Dan, who owns the brew pub and is now on our board of directors, he said, you're very vocal and you're just passionate about what you're doing. And I think it would be great if you could start your own nonprofit to help families and you can you know, advocate and allocate where the funds go to. And of course, my imposter syndrome was very high. I was like, why? What? That's crazy. And he said, no, I have an attorney. I'll take you. I'll pay for, you know, the funding. Because I get asked a lot, how much does it cost to start a nonprofit? And I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> I probably should, but I don't know. Because Dan took care of that, which was a really big blessing. But um, so then we started it. And I wanted to not only focus on research, because obviously we're all hoping and praying for a cure or treatment, something to pause it or just completely eradicate it. But in the meantime, there are still families who are suffering in the meantime, while there is no cure or treatment. And my family was one of them, is one of them. Um, and so, you know, my dad went through two years of being denied for disability. Um, we went through a lot of different issues with Brianna and her constantly being in and out of the hospital. And I heard so many terrible stories of people who, you know, couldn't even, thankfully we never got to this point, but it was to the point where someone had to, like the spouse had to quit their job because now they're a full-time caregiver to their spouse and or their child, or even worse, you know, I've heard of stories where it's the spouse and the child who has juvenile Huntington's. So you're given all of this grief and then you can't afford to pay for food or bills, groceries, 
doctor appointments. Um, even sometimes genetic testing isn't covered by insurance, which is crappy because it's not a necessity, I say in air quotes. Um, so we just found a lot of different void places in the HD community that we wanted to fill. So we started in uh, 2018. And I think by the end of the year, we had raised, God, how much did we raise? I think it was like 5,000, which for the first year, I was like, that's great. That's awesome. You know, um, it's a learning experience. And I still tell people I'm five years in at some point when I'm 10 years in, I'll still be saying the exact same thing. I'm learning every day. I'm not perfect. There's a lot of things I wish I knew. <laughs> um, but uh, so then last year at our uh, benefit concert, we raised between sponsors who had, you know, given their pledge prior to the benefit. And then people who were there, we raised $20,000, which was just that's fantastic. Absurd. Like that's the <laughs> other thing now. I'm like, oh no, pressure to meet that again. Right. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's just, it's been very great because it gives me a sense of foundation and why I'm here and why I have this terrible thing. Um, and even some days when I feel like we're not doing enough or we're not big enough, we don't have enough money. I hear, you know, minor stories from not minor, but just like little tidbits of stories from people, uh, about what our donation meant to them or their family. And then I start to realize, oh, you know, to me, I, I feel like I'm not doing enough, but for other people, that was the difference between, like I said, I mean, I called an electric company one time and paid the bill up front. That's wonderful that you can do that kind of stuff. Thank you. Yeah.
punches That's how winning's done Going one more round when you don't think you can But baby, that's what makes Butterfly, roll with the punches That's how winning's done Going one more round when you don't think you can But baby, that's what makes A champion So that is kind of what the charity does then it rather because I know a lot of Huntington's charities are so based on uh, research and all this other stuff but the reason that I wanted to kind of I mean other than the fact that I kind of know you you know to help support champions this time was because it is so personal it's that one-on-one kind of family sort of thing can you share kind of maybe a story or two of what some of the other things you've done uh, with the, oh my gosh. The yeah. There are so many that immediately stick out. One of the best ones happened earlier this year, but our most recent donation. So, and again, I'm not going to say that any donation doesn't mean a lot or go a long way, but this is just something that people wouldn't think about. We have someone reach out to us and sometimes people will nominate anonymously or they'll nominate someone. Um, but this was a direct ask for help. From a gentleman and he said you know i have huntington's i can no longer drive which is the exact same way that my father is mm-hmm. and he said um thankfully where he lives in his state there is uber and there's lyft i'm not so lucky where i live in the middle of nowhere right. my dad thankfully sometimes gets it to work but he's in a weird grade zone so anyway this gentleman has access to both but the only time that he can go see his son do his sports and go to practices is by either having someone pick him up or if he can pay for an Uber or Lyft. And there's so many weird algorithms because I use those with Uber and Lyft between like, oh, this is a hot time or this is a X amount of people are looking right now. So it's going to be this much money. So we just gave him um, two gift cards, one to Uber and one to Lyft. And the message we got back from him of like, I was just like, oh, like gift cards so he can go see his son. And he was like, you have no idea how much this meant to me because I can not only not drive, but I can't afford to pay for Uber and Lyft every single time I want to go see my son. The biggest one we've ever done and did recently back in April, there is a girl named Ashley and she is in high school. I think she's, I think she was a sophomore when I went in April. So she's going to, she'd be a junior now. Um, but Ironically, I know Ashley's teacher because she used to be my very first pageant director like 10 years ago. Um, And so she moved to Minnesota to be with family and she's a teacher. So she's doing special education right now. Um, And she messaged me probably about a year ago and said that she knew that there was a child that had juvenile Huntington's and no one really even had to tell her just because she had enough information from my family and Brianna that she knew. Um, so she started communicating with the family and there's a wheelchair that Ashley would use when she's at home. And there's a wheelchair that she would use when she's at school. But because juvenile Huntington's unfortunately is a monster 
and is debilitating and deteriorates so much faster than Huntington's or even, you know, just other health conditions, their insurance was not going to cover an upgrade to a new wheelchair because Ashley was no longer able to lift her head up or keep her chest up. I mean, when I met her, she was completely slouched over when I went to meet her in person. And it broke my heart because her insurance literally said, no, like we just got you one. I think it was like six or eight months ago. Um, so she was just using hand-me-downs and different things. So we uh, got together and they, her family and her didn't know I was coming, um, surprised them. And we told them that she was getting an award and all of the kids in her class were going to come to the auditorium and watch Ashley get her award. And it was funny because once her parents realized that it was a surprise, they went, yeah, we thought that that was like too weird to be true because Ashley, like we love her, but she can be a little bit of a, you know, <laughs> a firecracker. And right. we were like, what do you mean she's getting an award? So we told them she was getting an award. We had the news and everyone there. And when they went up to announce her award, I walked from behind the curtain with her new wheelchair. And we said, just kidding. You don't get an award, but you have a brand new wheelchair. Um, and that wheelchair was about $8,000. And so when, when we were approached with it, of course, we typically don't, you know, have just a ton of money in our bank because we're so small. Mm -hmm. And so I, I was like, I really want to do this, but we were expecting it to be about half of that. Mm -hmm. So we just started rallying and asking people, Hey, you know, can you donate? And the teacher that I am, um, you know, a friend with, she started her own fundraising campaign in Minnesota and was asking people to send checks and to um, donate on our website and then just put, you know, in the description, this is for Ashley's wheelchair fund. And we were able to cover it all just because of the outpouring of love and support. And that literally is the best donation story that we've had to date. Fantastic. Really and that makes such a huge difference. Oh, yeah. So many things that people don't realize that someone with juvenile Huntington's needs that a normal wheelchair does not have. And I would have never realized that insurance covers so little of things like that that are necessary. Yes. <laughs> That's a whole nother, yes. whole nother topic. <laughs> How do we fix American healthcare? I really don't know. I don't know. But um. next episode, we'll talk about that. Next time you're up. That's awesome. Oh, no, that's a really good, really good story. All right. So like I said before, we got to keep moving. Um, sorry for everybody that's listening. Like, we're switching all over. No, I know. I, I'm big mouth. I talk a lot. No, it's, it's awesome. That's great. Um, okay. So you have, so let's switch now and talk a little bit about music just because uh, we always talk about Huntington's, Huntington's, Huntington's. Let's talk about music because, you know, that's a positive thing, right? Um, so you have a new song coming out. Yeah, talk about do. that. Ooh. Um, well, so this is a song that I have been sitting on since I was in high school. I am kind of going through and I, I probably won't exactly say, I mean, I don't know how many, <laughs> I don't even know if it matters. <laughs> it's not like I'm Taylor Swift, but Sorry. I'm working on an EP and, uh, the name has to go with like a lot of the themes that I wrote these songs about when I was in high school or middle school. And uh, I've had people say, you know, I mean, most people are just excited, but some like super close people to me are like, why are you revisiting old songs? Like why not new material? And for me, it's been very therapeutic to go into the studio with my producer who 
I met when I was at Belmont still before I moved back home. So he's very familiar with Huntington's. He actually has a mutual connection in Nashville um, that is also affected by Huntington's. So we met for a screening of a Huntington's film that was produced and directed about a woman who um, had Huntington's. And I got to go to that premiere with him. And so um, we connected and I said, hey, I want to start, you know, recording new music. And the only other, the only other music that I have out there is, I'm, I don't want to say I'm not like proud of it, but it was just college kids who all couldn't afford anything and didn't really know what they were doing. So it kind of just sounds like I recorded it on my computer by myself, which is, which is fine. Like it's music, but I just really wanted to take songs that I had put so much time and like my heart into so many years ago because I just keep thinking about the fact that yeah they're like 10 years old but 14 15 year old me would have been like wow this is so cool that even if only 10 people listen like my song is recorded and it's gonna be everywhere because you know back when I was in high school or middle even middle school like it's, it's weird to think about the fact that like Apple Music and Spotify weren't like they are now like it was still the itunes and having to download um so that whole like thought process of my music just being out there was not even in my brain um but yeah so these are songs that i wrote back in high school heartbreak um happiness a lot of angst because i was a very angsty teenager as most are um but it made it worse because you know all the huntingtons that i wasn't aware of um, <laughs> so yeah this next song is called doing fine and i'm really excited because when i wrote it it's like a post breakup song so basically like you know i forget what the five stages of grief are because you know i think we've right. all gone through them but we all go through them at different times right. so this is like the end stage where you're like okay i'm over it i'm better off on my own and so i've had a lot of people you know listen to it and review it um and publish it publish like articles about it mm -hmm. um pre-release to get the hype up and everyone's like you know this is a really like um it, <laughs> it's that moment where you realize that like you don't need someone else to make you feel whole and um you hear that it's a breakup song and you assume it's gonna be really sad which I mean I do have those coming on my EP but this one is not one of them so uh yeah it's upbeat it's fun I kind of transitioned from when I was growing up I listened to everything growing up. No one believes me when I say that, but like I literally listened to everything, but I was really, I think a lot of it came from not only the fact that my mom was like, we listened to a lot of rock and country, but I loved Taylor Swift. Like she's the reason I learned guitar. So when I was deciding like what genre I was going to play, I was like Taylor Swift country. Mm -hmm. But now that I'm a grown woman and I'm kind of like finding my own sound, I have definitely transitioned more into like, the pop rock, punk rock type sound, which is exciting for me. Um, so it's really cool to go into the studio and my producer will like hear a song. I tell him what I what I'm thinking. I'll give him a couple examples, and he'll just be able to bring it to life in a way I could have never done on my own. So I'm I'm just really excited. Like it's it's kind of uh, feeding my inner child to record songs that I wrote way back when, and you know. It's, it's like you just tie it in a little bow and you let it fly and yeah i'm i'm super excited very cool that's october 14th right oh yeah nice yeah so it'll be out by the time the 
uh, Concert of Hope. What? Let's talk about that. No. Uh, <laughs> look at you being the segue. All right. Um, yeah, no, I do want to talk about that because um, we, you know, you did a great performance for us a couple of, well, years ago before the pandemic <laughs> and all that. And uh, you're coming back. And that's awesome. You and Adam Baker, who was also uh, the last show and Fields and Fortresses, uh, great rock band. They're going to do some acoustic stuff, which is awesome. And then- yeah. David Pena, who now I'm going to feel really old, but his um, mom and I went to high school together. So yeah, he's going to be open in the show. He's so it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and of course, we're not charging a cover. So come and donate. That's the, that's the point here. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited. I mean, when you asked me to do this again, I was like, absolutely. Then the fact that you were so gracious to want to, you know, center it around champions specifically, I was like, Oh my gosh, that is the coolest thing ever. So we've got like almost no time left, but I, I always want to talk about what song like gives you hope. Um, it doesn't have to be one of your songs. It can be any song. It can be one of your songs, um, whatever. And then we'll play it after you talk about it later when we edit it. Such a big question. Now I could go two ways with this and I guess I can and I'll keep it short. But the very first song I ever sang by myself when I realized that I wanted to sing for my life was the middle school talent show in sixth grade and I sang the climb by Miley Cyrus and that was the first moment that I really was like oh my gosh I want to do this forever and that song you know it's about you know life's about the journey it's about the climb and it's not always going to be easy but there is something beautiful on the other side and you just have to keep fighting your way through um and you know every really powerful song kind of has the same message so that one means a lot to me especially just because of you know the nostalgia that it has in my heart but my favorite song of all time is uh from the musical wicked and it's defying gravity like i just think no song tops that <laughs> personally i mean maybe maybe like bohemian rhapsody or something but like sure. <laughs> bohemian rhapsody is fun but like wicked this song is just i mean i've seen wicked so many times and every time that Alphaba gets to the song and everyone has, you know, betrayed her or let her down or broken her heart. She's talking about finding her own worth within herself and that no matter what people try and do or pull her down, she's going to defy gravity. So every time it gets to that part, I get little goosebumps on my arms. And like, nice. if I'm having a bad day, I listen to that song. And my goal in life, I'm getting closer, is to like be able to hit that note at the end. <laughs> uh, I, sometimes in my car, I can kind of get there, but come along. Come along, Ray. We'll see. Alphaba, why couldn't you have stayed calm for once instead of flying off the handle? I hope you're happy. I hope you're happy now. I hope you're happy how you hurt your cause forever. I hope you think you're clever. I hope you're happy. I hope you're happy too. I hope you're proud how you would grovel in submission to feed your own ambition. So though I can't imagine how, I hope you're happy right now. Elfie, listen to me. Just say you're sorry. You can still be with the wizard. What you've worked and waited for. You can have all you ever wanted. I know. But I don't want it. No. 
no wizard that there is or was is ever gonna So where can somebody, if somebody wants to find out more about you and the music and even the champions, where can people find out? Where can people go? It's really easy. You can go to Shelby Lentz, L-E-N-T-Z dot com. And on my website, I also have a link to champions. It says Shelby's nonprofit up in the top. Um, but champions, our website is champions for F-O-R-H-D dot org. Um, there's a lot of fours and sometimes people are like, is it four? Is it four? <laughs> so, um, yes. Uh, and I am just really looking forward to seeing everybody next month. For sure. Yeah. It's going to be a great show. Um, again, thank you very much for hanging out and doing this with us. Oh my gosh. Um, thank you guys. Yeah. Just, just putting up with my sweaty, um, sweaty aesthetic. <laughs> All good. All right. Well, Shelly, um, we will talk to you soon, I'm sure, as I'm bugging you about people donating. So um, okay. yeah, it happens. All right. So again, thank you, Shelby, again, for doing this. And we'll talk soon. Thank you so much. Great.